Hello, livestock friends, and welcome to this edition of Before the Bid. This is a podcast dedicated to the livestock sales industry where we go behind the scenes of the operation and speak straight to the sellers. We discuss topics about the important aspects of their operation, location, the people behind the prep work, and talk about some of the animals that will be offered to you, the prospective buyers. Hopefully, you've got your sale catalog close by. You might have to go look through that pile on your desk. But if not, then you're probably like me and driving down the road or busy with chores around the farm. And that's okay, too. Wherever you are and whatever you're doing, I hope you enjoy this segment of Before the Bid. I'm your host, Andy Howell. Welcome, livestock friends, to this edition of Before the Bid. And on this Before the Bid, we have a return guest and uh, a guy that we've talked. We talked for hours uh, getting the last one ready, and and I enjoyed that so much. And we talked for hours even after that one, uh, after we hit the stop button on this thing. And uh, just uh, what a great guy that I've enjoyed talking to. And they had a successful sale last year, uh, last spring. They had two sales that we covered. And so they've got another one coming up here on Angus Live on December 7th. And on this edition, I am talking to John Davis at Diamond T Land and Cattle. And you may also remember that John Davis, uh, as soon as he got out of college, he started at Champion Hill under Paul Hill right there in Bidwell, Ohio. And actually, he stayed there on uh, some of the same farms that Champion Hill ran when uh, he started Diamond, or is uh, now part of Diamond T. And so I'm going to let him tell you uh, about that uh, just a bit here. And uh, John, I uh, want to welcome you back. And uh, man, sure have had a lot of fun getting this one ready and, and interested to hear some of these stories that, that you've got for us this time. Oh, well, thanks, Andy. It's always a, always a pleasure to get to talk to you and get to visit. I really appreciate it. Looking forward to visiting about some of these cattle that we're getting ready to offer up for sale here December 7th. I want to hear a little more about them. I know some some pedigrees and things. And, guys, this is a set of cattle that you do not want to miss. Uh, just to, And all I know is the pedigrees and things. I haven't seen any pictures of them. Uh, John, uh, man, I wish we could have got to talk all summer this summer, but we I think we were at one show together and – when we saw each other, it wasn't the greatest time. <laughs> wasn't the greatest time to stand around and talk right there during the show. So down right. the Eastern Regionals. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I tell you what, we're we're lucky that we, with everything going on in the country right now, uh, that we were able to have some of those shows. Right. And uh, we enjoyed ourselves. At the Eastern Regional, really happy that we got to go down there and experience that. It's all about getting out and seeing people and visiting with people and just just getting out there and 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 getting your cattle out, getting people able to see your cattle in person, and uh, but most importantly, visit with them. Right. We were just so fortunate that we were able to. And instead of going to Pennsylvania this year, we got to go to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Right. Wow. The the ladies in charge of in charge of that, you know, hats off to them, Jacqueline and Madeline and Caitlin, their whole crew there at American Angus Association, they did a fantastic job in really making that happen for us. Right. Making it happen for the kids. And what a what a change that was. Uh, as far as yeah. location and everything and did it did it pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic turnover rate there that 
They had to get a lot of things done fast. And, you know, we've learned a lot from, you know, this new way of life or trying to get back to our old way of life or how whatever. We've learned a lot that these the the agriculture people are just resilient. Right. And determined and there's not a set of more hard headed people out there. <laughs> <laughs> for the good and, and bad as, yes no yeah that's right <laughs> for the good and bad and by gosh these kids they've worked so hard with their projects whether it's a whether it's your cow or whether it's a steer pig goat lamb whatever it is that that they're showing you know we had people throughout the industry that if some if they didn't have the state fair or whatever in your particular state you know a lot of people stepped in and and made some things happen the crew there well here in the state of ohio the crew behind stephanie sindel and some of those folks that put on the oyle as like the state fair replacement show they just did a fantastic job Mm -hmm. and we're just so grateful that that they they were able to have an event such as that. Well, we just got back from the North American, and uh, so grateful that we were able to have the North American. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I hate that you know Denver and Fort Worth are canceled for all those people that that regularly attend those events, and you know use that for a you know a point of marketing, mm-hmm. a point of just getting out and visiting with people and. And showcasing their livestock, I'm I'm glad that the whole crew at the North American really pulled through and and made that happen. Yeah, it was that was great. Uh, had yeah. some had some uh, hoops to jump through to get it going, and and I'm sure some of these here, especially in the near future, are going to have some more hoops to jump through to to try to get those going. But uh, sure, are glad that that they did that. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I I didn't get to talk to you on the on the junior nationals going from where you guys are over in Ohio and you were going to go to Pennsylvania and then they changed it and they went to Tulsa. That was a pretty big, uh, pretty big mileage change and hours change for you guys. It was, but luckily my parents they live over in Southern Illinois mm-hmm. and we were able to to go and lay over at their place mm-hmm. and. My kids, they always like to go see their grandma and grandpa, and grandma and grandpa really like for them to come see them. Right. It worked out fine, and luckily, 2020 was not quite as hot as 2015 in Tulsa. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) How How was it not hotter? (laughs) There were people in in Tulsa this summer, and they're like, man, it's hot. It's it's 107 degrees, and I'm like, you haven't seen anything. Oh. You should have been here five years ago when oh. it was the heat index was 118. No way, no thanks. Oh, that was yeah. Just talking about heat indexes, <laughs> right? Not the actual right. temperature. You couldn't fry an egg on the asphalt or anything. <laughs> but right. it was it was warm. Yeah, but we were luck. Luckily, we we got to have that. And, we uh and I, I just talked to uh we just recorded another podcast earlier today and so I don't know if it'll come out before this one or after it, but uh we when they changed from uh Pennsylvania to Tulsa, we were like, Okay, well how much is that gonna change our travel and, and that sort of thing? Changed it five minutes. 
<laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so we just had to deal with hot temperatures. It wasn't any wasn't much different travel, just the just the different temperatures. Yeah. Pennsylvania had an air conditioned facility, but their their government, state government was a little bit more stringent than what some others were, so Right. It is what it is and hey, and we'd go wherever it wherever it is, that's where we're gonna go. Right. Yep. And you're gonna go with a, a newer outfit than than what you had been with for a long time. Uh now yeah. now you're you you've uh when Champion Hill uh, and Paul Hill kind of uh, retired and and sold things. You guys there at Diamond T caught on, and and now you're still there at, at Bedwell, and yeah. on some of those farms. and And talk about that just a bit. Well, Diamond T Land and Cattle Company is owned by Matt Toller and his family, his wife Amy, and his sons Reese and Miles. They had always had some club calf cows. I guess their start in the Angus business started with the Champion Hill dispersal. And that's how Diamond T really took off with the Angus cattle right out of the gate in some really good purchases Mm -hmm. on some different cows Mm -hmm. and and some embryos and pregnancies. Mm -hmm. So... A lot of those embryos and pregnancies were Georgina's, mm-hmm. but I did some consulting uh, for Matt at that time mm-hmm. and kind of steered him in, in the right direction. He wanted some embryos, wanted some pregnancies, he wanted some donors, and then he needed a really good a really good herd bull. Mm-hmm. The donors that he was able to buy, uh, one was... Champion Hill Peg fifty two fifty two, and she is an old double O four cow mm-hmm. out of a Saugahatchee out of TC Peg ninety one hundred. I think he bought her when she's she was fifteen years old. Mm-hmm. Wow. She's had several progenies. She's done really well flushing for us. She's the mother of the a Bismarck heifer that was reserve champion at the junior national in 2011 Mm -hmm. and was always one of my favorite cows Mm -hmm. uh, that that old peg 5252 was another cow that he purchased was champion hill blackbird 8411 and she's sired by sav perfection and that blackbird cow was going to be the next upcoming big time donor at champion hill i believe Mm mm-hmm and so he was able to purchase her, and he was also able to purchase another cow that was a Bismarck Georgina. Her number is 9039, and she's a full sib to a cow that Mandy Richardson was very successful showing mm-hmm. back in the day, and that was her number was 72561. Mm-hmm. Got the extra extra digits. We always called her the license plate cow. And she herself was reserve show heifer of the year. Mm-hmm. I'm I rambling on her. about these three cows, and we don't have any of their progeny in this sale. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, that we will in the future. Right. Well, I guess we do have one ninety thirty nine daughter. Yep. I'll, I'll correct myself there. Got those cows purchased. The herd bull that we picked out was Champion Hill Renowned. He was renowned son out of the Georgina family. Mm-hmm. He actually traces back. He's out of a SAV Mandan daughter 
back to a peacemaker, back to the Denver champion twenty one twenty one. And I thought he was a great blend of power and performance with the renown on the top side with the femininity and maternal traits that the Georginas gave on the bottom side. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how Diamond T got its start from Champion Hill. I didn't start at Diamond T until about 2018. Mm-hmm. And Matt and I came to an agreement on on what uh, kind of we wanted to do with this operation, where we wanted to kind of go, where we wanted to be headed. And, you know, the, the agreement came pretty fast. We, we want really good cattle. Mm-hmm. This is what we want. We want really good cattle. Mm-hmm. And genomics and the numbers aren't everything, mm-hmm. but they're important. Mm-hmm. The phenotype, we're not going to sacrifice. We're not going to sacrifice one thing for the other. We want real good cattle with an honest set of numbers. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to single trait select anything. Mm-hmm. We're just going to try to breed good cattle that milk good number one with high quality udders and those good those high quality females that's what's gonna we feel is gonna propel us into the next several years and hopefully several decades Mm -hmm. just focusing on that cow family and focusing on some of our favorite cows right and so we, it's it's not all Champion Hill on the bottom side of all mm-hmm. of our pedigrees. We've went out together. We have made some other purchases on some other cows. We've made some purchases of some embryos uh, and kind of started from there on some of the cows that I've always looked up to, some of the cows that I've always um, admired. Mm-hmm. We, have, we have a really good forever lady cow that's going to be pretty big in our program we have two really good black cat cows that are going to certainly play an important role in our program they're both going to play an important role in this particular sale mm-hmm. made a really good purchase i feel on a sarah's dream cow we have a she's a half sister to primo mm-hmm. that is just doing a fantastic job for us and we've got some sandies that are coming down the pipeline and and uh We've got got some pretty pretty good sandy cows, I believe. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of couple other cow families that that I I'd like to get a, a part of too. It's mm-hmm. just everybody else, <laughs> <laughs> everybody else bidding against us, so. right? And that's what that's what you like to build around. You like to build around those cow families. I, th- I think it's all all about the cow, right? All about the cow. She has to have a good udder. She has to milk. She has to raise a good calf. Our donors on this farm don't raise dinks. Our, our donors, they raise as heavy a weenie weight calf as what a recept's going to raise. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, the way that it should be. Right. That, that cow has to raise a good calf. So our donors, we try to... Now, not all of our, not all of our cows look alike. Mm-hmm. We, we do different things with different cows. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, we don't have that... I guess that herd, that that good commercial herd that you'll see out there with 100 cows that all look alike, we have different cows, different cow families for different purposes mm-hmm. in mind. Mm-hmm. And we try to mate those cows accordingly 
to try to help them, mm-hmm. try to, you know, um, make the best ones that we possibly can. Right. Before we get away from it too much, let's talk about uh, your family uh, foundation female there with uh, uh, with you and Melissa. I can't really say enough about Melissa, about what she does for us. Mm-hmm. She is our rock, and she is our support system, and she does so, so much here at the Davis household. It's it's crazy. We she's she's got three kids, me and <laughs> included. I'm the biggest one, and, right? Um, then of course we have Maggie and we have Logan, mm-hmm. and uh, that's my show barn help. Mm-hmm. Actually, Maggie helps me with some office work, and Logan he he manages the manages the cat herd mm-hmm. out at Diamond T, and uh, <laughs> no, but they're they're the show barn help. You know, I uh, I'd said there earlier, talking with somebody earlier there this summer. I said, you know, this COVID thing where shut the schools down and shut everything else down. I said, this summer and coming in this fall too. This is the most broke set of cattle I think that I've ever shown mm-hmm. anywhere. Mm-hmm. I've seen I've seen lots of shows where not a single one gets away, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So then, and the kids, they've been out there with me working and, uh, well, all summer. Right. All summer. They, they chose to do sports. And so they went to in-person school, but we'll see how much longer that lasts. You never know. Right. With our governor here in the state, so. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think every state is probably thinking the same thing. Yeah, we could uh, we could go on with that for hours, but we better stick to cows and stories. You think? That's right. <laughs> we can do that. Probably, probably be best. So yeah. Last time we talked, you guys were getting ready for a spring sale, and uh, had well, you were getting ready for two spring sales: the one on SC and the one on Angus Live. And uh-huh. uh, I. Well, I was on both of them and, and watched both of them and um, looked to be uh, very successful sales. And and you've had some you've had some cattle come out of there do well. Yeah, yeah. The Angus Live sale, the heifer that led that deal off, ended up being purchased. She was a Sandy, mm-hmm. a blue chip Sandy heifer that she was purchased by Jillian Moffat in Colfax, Iowa. And, um, they they did a really good job with that heifer. She's got a piece of her division several times, and I think gonna keep getting better and make a quite a productive female for them. And they've still got a whole another year to show. Mm-hmm. So they did they did really well with her in our in the SC sale. We sold club calf bred type heifers and a couple of keys and. Um, some key Angus, and then we sold several Angus in that sale as mm-hmm. well. The Helmke family from Ohio, they participated in our virtual show that we had. Mm-hmm. We had a virtual show there last spring that was was received pretty well. Mm-hmm. And so they participated in that and got some sale credit in 
in some of and and they're winning there and actually i think i'm not for sure how much they invested in in their heifer not very much mm-hmm. because of the sale credit but she was just recently named a class winner at the north american mm-hmm. so pretty excited pretty happy for that family as well right use that sale credit that you guys did you guys did that virtual show last year and and you're not not doing one for this sale but uh, hopefully you don't have to but you do do one in the spring uh, if you do another spring if if they shut down uh all these shows we'll certainly do another virtual show right i i think that um i know there's been a lot of differences and opinions about about them mm-hmm. but everybody that participated in ours we got a good response mm-hmm. and is just something to have just something for the kids to do to go have fun mm-hmm. to try to make to try to do something a little bit closer to normal mm-hmm. and at that time that was back in march and uh march or early april mm-hmm. it was it was a uh a lot of uncertainty at that time. Right. Yeah. We went from a time of uncertainty to a time of who the heck knows. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's what I call it. Right. Yeah. And, and uh, some of us enjoyed that show, and and uh, some of us even tried to use our credit. And, and yeah. Some did, yeah, so, that's right. So that that's was right. great. We yeah. had several people use credit. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what it's there for. If there's no shows, we might try that again or some other promotional thing that we might all have fun with we'll see what we can come up with yeah well that'll be great yeah we talked for several i don't know i don't know how long we've talked and and uh told stories and and as many i mean as many times as you've been on the road and as many years as you went on the road and and i mean you had to be gone i don't know what what were you gone a quarter of the time a quarter of the year you think maybe way way too much by the time it by the time it all added up and and uh some and some stories even there at home and uh i i just remember just rolling uh last time when we got done with that podcast and and you started telling stories and uh (laughs) i just i think i think just think uh if if uh we could i think we ought to share some of those if if you will and you know some of the things that we can share about those stories because we all know that there's those stories that you can't share everything about, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Tell, will you tell the one? Well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> will you tell the one about uh, you were working with Paul and and you had a cow that uh, wasn't real happy with what you guys were doing, and and one minute you had a sorting stick and the next minute you didn't. Well, there's this there's this old yellow and white Semental cow that we used as a recip and she'd calved at the back of the farm in the corner of the pasture underneath the shade tree. And Paul said, I think we can, I think we can tag that, that calf. (laughs) We'll just go back there, get me and you and Lenny Blosser and we'll just go back there and tag that calf. And I, I told Paul, I said, it's okay if that cat if we have a calf on that farm that has no tag because <laughs> it could just be the no tag calf and paul said well what if he loses what if he loses his tag i was like 
Well, then it's the no-tag calf with a hole in its ear. <laughs> but he insisted that we go back there and tag that calf. So Lenny was driving. Me and Paul, we were sitting in the, as a single cab old Chevy truck that we had. And Paul's like, here's how we're going to do it. Lenny's going to drive back there, go in at an angle, block that calf into the corner. You grab this sorting stick. We're going to hop. You, me and you are going to hop in the bed of the truck. And I'm going to hop over and tag that calf. And you just start beating on that cow and keeping her off of me. Well, it all happened so fast. Lenny pulls up in the corner at an angle. Me and Paul hop out in the back of the truck. Next thing you know, the cow busts out the tail lights, comes over the top of the tailgate. She's in the back of the truck with us. Paul grabs the sort and stick out of my hand, hits her five or six times, and then just throws it at her. So I jump up on the cab of the truck and jump up into the tree. And I'm hanging from a tree branch, and here's Paul coming behind me, and he's yelling at Lenny to drive away, drive away. Lenny doesn't drive away. He's down there rolling up the windows and locking the doors. And, uh, like, like she could open the door. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So, Lenny finally drives away, and we drop down... (laughs) <laughs> drop down on the cab of the truck and get out of there. And then Paul just said, hey, uh, I think that's just going to be the no-tag calf. You just you just had to make it his idea, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so that's, that's that story about how I'm almost not here. Oh, that's funny. I'm sure you, you probably got a few of those. Oh, yeah. There's, <laughs> there's lots of those, so. I was just telling the story at the North American there several years ago. Somebody had asked, had they asked Paul Hill, uh, well, Champion Hill had taken 32 head down there that fall. Oh, wow. And they asked Paul, like, why in the world would you bring 32 head to Louisville? <laughs> he said, well, they're just all so darn good. We didn't know which one was going to win. <laughs> That seems like to be in Paul Hill fashion. And well, and he didn't have to clip them or fit them. <laughs> right. That's Those what... boys will take care of that. <laughs> and so we we could have probably weeded it down. <laughs> right. <laughs> Send it down a little bit. Oh, well, that oh, was several see. years ago. Yeah. Then one year, what, you had six head in the same division one year? Yeah, this year. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was... Yeah, that that was this year. That was my call. Mm-hmm. But they were all just so good, we didn't know which one was going to win. <laughs> How many times did you use that? Uh, I, this is the first time I've used it. Cause... <laughs> I, mean, I mean, when you were down at Louisville, did you use it a oh, couple yeah, times when they asked times. you? <laughs> several times. Several times. Oh, shoot. Actually, one time we were in Tulsa in 2007 at the Junior National. And, see, we'd started we'd started breeding cattle to calve at different times of the year. Mm-hmm. Because, and I, and I always thought, I always thought this, like, 
on an Angus heifer, it doesn't matter when she's born. Mm-hmm. A good one's a good one. Mm-hmm. And like, if I'm judging a show, like I don't automatically use the junior champion, right? Like, like a lot of people do. I'm I'm a sucker for those senior champions. Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, you got an intermediate or a senior calf or a junior calf. I just I think you just pick the best one. Mm-hmm. Huge fan of the cow calf thing, though. I like to see those, like the cow calf shows. I like the senior yearlings with the calves at sign. I like to see those females in production. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, you know, we calve a diamond tea in the summertime as well. We have several places that we calve these Junes and July calves. Mm-hmm. Just to have some more females that are different ages, and we, because we're just we're not set on what time of the year that they have to calve mm-hmm. for us. Well, anyway, same thing held true there at Champion Hill. One of the first years, which would have been 2007, I guess, that we had a whole bunch of July heifers, mm-hmm. and we'd sold a. A whole bunch of July heifers in our spring sale, and ten of them showed up <laughs> and came to the Junior National. We fit and clipped and got all ten of those heifers ready, and they were all ten in the same class. Mm-hmm. And there were eleven total in that class. <laughs> and I said, and I didn't know the people that had that other heifer looking on the class break we walked down to the ring we were looking around and here come this number of the kids that have the, this other heifer in our class and i was like well shoot <laughs> got 10 heifers in this class and the best there are 10 out of the 11 heifers in the class and the best we're gonna do second <laughs> yeah we were second through 11th on that one. Oh no Hopefully that won't happen again. <laughs> right. That's probably not a good story for me to be telling. <laughs> it's it's in the past. That's a, that's past. It's in the past. It's yeah. a whole new deal right now. Yeah. Yeah. Future's looking bright. Right. There was one other story we got to talking about about having time to get all these cattle fit. And you guys had, had you guys had a couple of them like bang 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 bang. And and one of them didn't get very much attention. Uh huh. You remember you remember that story? Which you <laughs> you brought her in. You got her enough in to shoot to to rub her hocks down and clean the mulch off of her. Yeah. On on forty four oh two. I think so. Yeah, she was reserve champion that day at the All American Fraternity. <laughs> Me and Nate Campbell fit her in five minutes, maybe less. Yeah. We put glue in her legs, but, and then we just kind of had to press the hair down on her hocks and press it down on her knees and just send her to the show ring. Yep. She was a reserve grand at, at uh, the All-American Fraternity and also reserve grand at uh, North American. Oh, wow. How, how many hours do you spend on all these others? And, and, it, <laughs> and it just so happens that that happens. She's like, yeah, she's actually the grandmother of a heifer in this sale. Okay. 
Yeah. Forty four oh two. Good. Yeah. Good enough to win it with just a little bit of fit job, right? That's right. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's great. They don't have to, they don't have to all be fit perfect. Right. Sometimes I catch myself, especially there in the past, of trying to be get them too perfect. Mm-hmm. Just gotta say good enough mm-hmm. and right. walk away from it. But the the tools that young people have now, growing up and learning how to fit cattle, mm-hmm. clip and fit. Oh my gosh, right. it has improved so much. Mm-hmm. Compared to whenever I was growing up learning, mm-hmm. all I had a, was a set of sheep heads and a set of flat heads. Right. There you go. Yeah. Just try not to cut their leg off <laughs> with the sheep heads. But the combs and the tools and all the products, oh, wow, it's just, it's night and day. Right. Makes it so competitive. Oh, it's so highly competitive. There's so many really, really highly talented people out there that are getting these cattle ready at shows. It's it, it's amazing to sit and watch some of these classes like we just saw at the North American. Mm-hmm. Got a little bit of hair on these cattle, and people can work wonders. Mm-hmm. They really had them, they had them looking good, and they can do just a fantastic job with them. Right. And there's a lot of places, thanks to the, you know, our show suppliers that are putting on different fitting clinics and mm-hmm. everything like that. Every time you turn around, they're really making these kids, making them good. Right. Right. Making them good. Pretty neat to, pretty neat to watch. My kids awfully excited about getting to fit on one. Right. Right, and learning from somebody else, not Dad, because he doesn't know what he's doing, right? Nothing. No, he doesn't know anything at all. <laughs> they they trust me. They trust me a little bit on clipping. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when it comes to showmanship, mm-hmm. both Melissa and myself, we know nothing. <laughs> yeah, you guys don't know how to do that. Or it's the old, well, that's what I was doing. No, it wasn't. <laughs> we're we're videoing that. Right. Yep. I've used <laughs> that myself. The video on the phone. That's, nope, that's not it. I've used that myself. <laughs> she she says, no. And I said, yeah, watch this. <laughs> I think that just goes along with being a, a parent. Right. Doesn't matter if it's showing cattle or pigs or or whether you're shooting a jump shot correctly. Right. I don't think mom or dad knows anything. No, no. I want to get your I want to get your opinion on one thing, and we haven't even talked about this, so this is totally uh, off the cuff. And before we get into these heifers, we're talking about all the fitting and and that sort of thing. What's your thought on the no fitting this past summer at the at the like the Eastern Regionals and Junior Nationals? Well, you know, it. I guess it saves some time. Mm-hmm. On um, on old dad here, <laughs> and we were able to get those cattle up and and get them fly sprayed and sheened and mm-hmm. everything up to the. Re- we still did a lot of hair working, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, and that, I guess it made it a little bit more convenient 
but I'm I'm for the fitting mm-hmm. just because several reasons. Like if you'd ask my son, Logan, who's ten years old, and well both of my kids are gonna say two favorite contests at the junior national. And Logan's going to say team fitting and then CAB cook off. Mm-hmm. Maggie's going to say CAB cook off, then team fitting. Mm-hmm. And they've each participated on the Ohio team once mm-hmm. on the team fitting. Mm-hmm. But they think about that and they're interested in it. Mm-hmm. I, I say let the kids fit. And it's kind of my opinion on it. Mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't have had the career that I've had if it wasn't for me being able to fit mm-hmm. whenever I was younger. Okay. That, I mean, that's probably what helped me get, it helped me get my job to start with, mm-hmm. you know. Right. On that. Right. I thought it was six to one and a half dozen to another there right. like this summer, but I'm more for the fitting. Mm-hmm. Just let them fit. Okay. I'm almost afraid. I don't really want it to change type and kind mm-hmm. on what we're selecting and breeding for, mm-hmm. because I honestly think that these Angus heifers that we're showing in the summer are hairy enough, mm-hmm. and I don't want people selecting for any more hair mm-hmm. on those Angus heifers than what we already have. Right. And a good hair coat can go a long ways and help you. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, ultimately, you want, them, you want them hairy as babies, but you want them to be able to slick off as cows. Right. Go out and forage and get bred back. Right. I don't, I don't want it to, to de- determine how we select, start selecting cattle. Mm-hmm. I guess. I don't know if, it, I, I mean, we have been selecting for hair. Mm-hmm. In the in, here of recent past, right? And the cattle, you know, the cattle we had probably twenty years ago that we thought were really hairy right. wouldn't be very hairy right now. Right? No, I don't think so either. But things change, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, you got to be able to adapt to those changes. I kind of like to stay kind of in the middle of the road. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that pendulum, whenever it's swinging, it'll hit you twice. Right. And that's kind of the the way that I've always looked at it, you know, trying to select for those cattle like like that are Goldilocks genetics. That's why I'm trying try to not single trait select. And I think if we try to, like, the really, really good uttered ones mm-hmm. and the really feminine, refined, more maternal-looking cows... They're probably not going to be the hairiest cows. Right. But not saying I don't have some really hairy ones. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, right. we're we're a little bit more diversified mm-hmm. on some things. Because we breed, you know, um, we do a lot of IVF reverse sort for females. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we do a lot of, or we do several IVF conventionals or some conventional flushes on it just depends on the sire that we kind of want some bulls Mm -hmm. with that being said we we have several bulls for sale at diamond Mm tea come and see us private treaty price to sell right 
That sounds good. But yeah, that's, no, that's no how we bull sale that's yet. how we market our bulls right now. It's private treaty sales and right. We can take you out there in the lot and and not the same. Uh, we have several full sister or full sisters and full brothers. Uh, that the sisters have been su- very successful show heifers, and then we've got some that we're keeping back on those females to to make cows and got some performance bulls that are a little bit more orientated that way. Mm-hmm. No, no spring bull sale yet. No, not yet. Okay. Okay. Not yet. Like I said, there's been there's probably been too many reverse sorted female right embryos <laughs> for a spring right. bull sale yet. But you do have this sale coming up here on December seventh on Angus Live. Yes. And, and you've got eleven lots in this sale. And, yes. And as I mentioned earlier, what a set of what a set of genetics. And like I said, I haven't even seen them. Uh, yet, but uh, man, I can't, I can't wait to. Um, and they all, they all start out, uh, th- or they all come with, with, like I said, quality genetics, and and we start out with a big one here, uh, is the lot one, um, the Sarah's dream. Yeah, she's she's a July heifer, and Diamond T Sarah's dream zero two oh six. She's a daughter of tradition of 24 that came from the Sturtzball program. And her mother is Sarah's Dream 5308. She's a Silvera's watchout out of the famous Sarah's Dream 1339 cow. Mm-hmm. So that makes her a half-sister to Primo. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that this mating has really, really worked well for us. We have a full sister already in production with a really nice udder and nursing a good calf at side and she was a successful show heifer herself for reese toller matt's son and a member of our crew here at diamond t i think this heifer she is super super feminine fronted and just combines that with with mass and weight per day of age and a huge rib cage and tons of volume and just a a really neat way to start out the sale and you say she's just a july she is we've that's what we've got nine of these heifers are summer born heifers Mm -hmm. so we have we have uh several julys Mm -hmm. in this group okay whole new division Whole new division at Junior Nationals. That's getting into your late intermediates. Right. At the Junior National. And I think we have a good set of these here mm-hmm. that are going to be, um, oh, going to go out and do pretty well. They're for the people that, that want to purchase these things because they're, these, they're going to be in a different division here right off the bat mm-hmm. in that intermediate division. Good set of heifers, right? And a really good way to start it off with the, with the Sarah's Dream heifer, right? Uh, the lot two, we got a, a March Primo. Yeah. So, lot two is the, O one O two heifer. She's a Primo daughter, and she is out of a cow, that, when Matt and I went out to Oklahoma to Conley's 
uh, we found this heifer that actually Conley had bought from um, Baldridge Tiedemann. Mm -hmm. And then he, in turn, was reselling her as a bred heifer. Mm -hmm. And she was our pick of all the bred heifers. And she was an SAV momentum daughter out of a Traveler 6807 daughter from the Black Cat family. Mm -hmm. And we were able to purchase her. And that's 107E. Mm -hmm. And that's the mother of this heifer. Now, we loved her so much that we also saw that Baldridge Tiedemann was selling her full sister, 97E, mm -hmm. in their sale later on that fall. So we purchased her as well. Wow. So we've got the two full sibs, 107E and 97E, that uh, roundabout way made their way here to Bidwell, Ohio, and they're doing a, a tremendous job for us. Mm -hmm. And this heifer here, the 107E daughter, just super, super extended, super loose in her movement to just the right, just the right point of looseness and softness and soundness. I think this heifer, she's green, mm -hmm. but she has a ton of potential. Mm -hmm. uh, we just didn't, we weren't able to market her any sooner than now just because our false uh, our fall sale was all club calves right? and mainly steer based. Mm -hmm. And we felt like she fit better into this sale mm -hmm. along with another one of her sisters. So that, that's a, that's a really nice heifer. Mm -hmm. I think that's going to be going to be very competitive. Right. And uh, speaking of Conley, the lot three comes out of the Conley express. Yeah. Yep. 0207 is the lot three. She's a Conley Express out of the Sarah's Dream Cow again. Mm -hmm. You know, we were talking about cow families. And, you know, one of the reasons that, or one of the reasons why we choose different bulls is what cows they're out of. Mm -hmm. What cow family is he? Well, Express is a Sandy. And he goes back to that Cabin Creek Sandy 804 cow that's just really knocked out some good ones. Mm -hmm. And this this cow on the bottom side, you know, is a Sarah's Dream. So you're you're really wow. mixing mm -hmm. together that Sarah's Dream and that Sandy family, and and she's she's a pretty special heifer. Real straight in her lines, really uh, loaded with potential. And just keeps getting better every day and will continue to do so after the sale. Two of the dominant cow families in the show ring right there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, speaking of dominant again, we go to the lot four. She's a primo. Yep. Another primo. Uh, this one, however, she is out of the, out of a shadow cow, seven, two, six, five. And, this heifer is a full sib to a heifer that my daughter showed. It was her bred and owned heifer. She showed her in 2018 and 2019. She came right out the gate in 2018 and was reserve champion heifer at the Eastern Regional. And then in 2019, she was. we took her to the Junior National in Louisville, and she was fifth overall. 
and the Bread and Oat Heifer Show. And then we took her to the state fair, well, the Ohio State Fair. She was champion Angus in both open and junior shows and then was fifth overall mm-hmm. in the Supreme Heifer Drive. And uh, among other winnings, so my daughter Maggie had a really good time showing that heifer. And this is a full sister to her, so an opportunity right here to to buy a full sister to a well-proven champion. Purple in the pedigree, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Came comes from the Shadow family that has just been so so successful mm-hmm. in the show ring, and uh, there's not many of those out there. Right. Uh, there were mostly the. I know Holly Gamble had quite a few of them, and Champion Hill produced quite a few of them. But those shadows, they've they've racked up some banners over the years. Mm-hmm. All right. And we'll we'll be having lots more in the future. Good. Good. Lots more of those shadows coming down the pipeline. Look forward to those. Yeah. The lot five, uh, another primo, black cap. Yeah, now this is a Primo, uh, she's a March Primo, and the black cap on the bottom side of her pedigree is 97E. This is the one that I bought from Jake Tiedemann. Mm-hmm. This heifer is the biggest rib, most bold sprung heifer I've ever been around. Hmm. Tremendously big ribbed and bold sprung, huge hipped, just loaded full of muscle. I would like to sweeten her up and change her front end up. Mm-hmm. But this is a heifer right here that I think is is one of those thing one of those heifers that I consider like she's probably not gonna be the greatest show heifer in the world because she's gonna be um she's gonna be criticized for not being as long in her front end. Mm-hmm. But boy, this one's one generation away from having a good one. Mm-hmm. Like, the progeny out of this thing is going to be something pretty special, I think. Right. And we've got several, we've got several Primo daughters in production, and, and they're milking good, and they're, they're making some nice young cows. Mm -hmm. They're all out of cows that milk good, too. Right. I know his, his, his milk EPD is a little bit lower, but. We've we've mated him to cows with some good milky PDs on purpose, mm-hmm. and uh, and with just in person good quality udders mm-hmm. that's helped it out. Right, I agree. Yeah, because like her mother's a plus twenty nine on milk. Wow. And in mating in mating primo to her like her individual milk's an eighteen. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, sure that's that's not a twenty four, but that's not bad. Right. Right. But her mother milks good and has a big udder. And I mm-hmm. think that's just going to be a fantastic female later on down the line. Probably not a great sales pitch whenever I'm criticizing the cattle <laughs> a little bit, but it is what it is, and they are what they are. No, that's... but I see some different things in 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 these heifers. Right. I see them every day. Right, right. I see all kinds of different things that I get really excited about. Right. I think people appreciate the honesty, though. You know. Yeah. So they are all different, and and they're not all great. Uh, the lot six, we go back. We got another black cap here. Another black cap, out of the one hundred seventy black cap, and this is an express out of her, 
that has some incredibly straight lines, straight taut, nice headed, just a just a nice functional female that's just this really eye appealing with a little bit of extra pizzazz. Mm-hmm. The Sandy family uh, coming from Express worked worked good on that black cap family again. Mm-hmm. Those black caps are just cranking out good ones no matter what they're bred to. Right. Good cows do that, right? That's right. 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 We've got a, a one out of the out of the bull that you guys bought from uh, from Champion Hill, correct? Here in Lot Seven. So the next one, uh, she is out of our herd sire, our natural service sire, Champion Hill Renown. And so he, in turn, is he's a he's a Georgina, mm-hmm. and. He's got the mixture of, like I said previously, of the Renown and the Georgina family. You know, some power and performance and then some maternal genetics right there. Then on the bottom side, this heifer, she's a Georgina, and she's out of a Bismarck, out of out of your favorite fit job cow, 4402. <laughs> and... So 9039 is the cow that uh, Diamond T had bought in the Champion Hill dispersal. And 9039, her her full sister, 72561, she was actually ROV show heifer, uh, reserve show heifer of the year. Mm-hmm. And won quite a few different shows for Mandy Richardson along the way in, in their show career together. But this... Uh, this heifer right here, she's a June. She is super, super feminine, super refined in her in in her maternal characteristics, and just kind of puts everything together in a really, really nice package. Sure, she's probably not as stout as what like the Primo ninety seventy is, mm-hmm. and um, she probably doesn't have as much bone and and mass as what. Uh, in terms of bone is what some of the other heifers coming up soon have, but she just kind of puts everything together in a, in a really, really great maternal package. Mm -hmm. And I'd I'd love to have a whole field full would look just like her. Right. So we'll see. Just, uh, just depends on if somebody is uh, willing to go with a double bred Georgina. Right. But the 419 all goes way back. But mm-hmm. then again, some of the good ones are, are some of the good ones go back to the same cattle. Right. I think right. Sagahatchee went he went back to Emulation 31 several times mm-hmm. in his pedigree. So. Right. Yeah, and and how successful the Georgina's been. Um, They've been yeah. pretty successful. Exactly. Right. right. Pretty successful. Go back to a shadow here on lot eight. Yeah. So like I'd mentioned earlier with the, with another heifer, um, I criticized the heifer a little bit for not being as sweet through a front end. Mm-hmm. And this is the same instance. Mm-hmm. This heifer here, she's out of sandstorm and sandstorm is a primo son out of the cabin Creek, San Diego four cow. 
So you're mixing together that Sandy family with the Shadow family. Mm-hmm. Really, really good mixture. And this heifer is stout. Mm-hmm. I mean, thick topped, huge, huge barreled. She's just got so much capacity. She has some leather on her front end that you'd like to take away from her. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what else you would change about her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Super, super square, super big boned. Um, yeah, I would, I would change her front end up a little bit, but that's all I would change on that one. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty, that's a that's that's a pretty good one right there. That's going to make an amazing brood cow prospect. Mm-hmm. So really excited to see how that one turns out. Yeah somebody's going to get a whale of a cow right there with that one. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what they need to, that's what where they need to end. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She's not going to be the best show heifer in the world. Right. But boy, she's, she's got a lot of potential on making one. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, of great cow families again, uh, lot nine's another Georgina. Oh yeah. So the lot nine heifer, She's sired by Coleman Bravo, which this is a mixture of the Coleman Donna family with the Georgina family. Mm-hmm. And so we've used Coleman Bravo uh, quite a bit and been very successful. Mm-hmm. I think that we've produced we've produced several females that we've held back. To make cows. This is our first time ever selling a Bravo heifer. Mm-hmm. Most of, well, we're a startup, right? <laughs> so I'm, right. I'm, I haven't. We haven't sold too many of our top end heifers until now. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I guess starting this spring we started selling some of our top end heifers. Once we started building up some numbers, but mm-hmm. this is one right here that. I think it's going to make a tremendous cow. She's refined. She's feminine. She's, it's just hard to poke a hole in her. Just a really, really nice heifer. Mm-hmm. And that blend on the Donna and the Georgina family worked out well. Her mother is a SAV sensation daughter. Mm-hmm. And then her grandmother is uh, the Georgina 8020 cow. And 8020 was one that uh, the Cowles family down at Pleasant Hill Farms in Kentucky, they had, them and the Woodruffs owned part of with Champion Hill. She was a Saugahatchee daughter out of 6518. Mm-hmm. 6518 is a, a Bismarck out of 2121. <laughs> so there's a lot of good in the pedigree right there on the bottom side of that heifer. Right. Right, hey, you guys remember all of those sometimes is is <laughs> breathtaking. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I guess am I shouting out? Am I spitting out too many numbers? Nope, nope not at all. Because uh, like some of them, like some of them have uh, nicknames, and then some of them have numbers. There's right. like the license plate count, and there's twenty one twenty one, and then like. My daughter had, last year she had BB, mm-hmm. but my son had Fluffy <laughs> and Petunia. <laughs> so, oh boy. And this, and this year, 
this year, Maggie is a huge Harry Potter fan. Mm-hmm. So her bread-down heifer is Hermione. Mm-hmm. And Logan's heifer, her name's the Black Mamba. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's great. But I, I remember their numbers, too. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I don't. I'm I barely write good enough to write the numbers in their ears, let alone spell out the black mamba. Right. So Right. Yeah. Lot uh lot ten. We've got another black cap and we've got another bull that, that you hear a lot about, uh PVF blacklist. Yeah, so we've got a PVF blacklist here out of the ninety seven ECAL. This is a, a heifer right here that's just no holes, just big bone, stout hipped, just kind of one of those heifers that you expect to see out of blacklist. Mm-hmm. And she's 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 just a really nice heifer that I think that, that black cap cow is, has mixed well with the PVF blackbird family. You know, we've heard a lot of things out of those over the years. So mm-hmm. I think that this one right here is, you know, awfully valuable genetic piece right here that somebody can take home and do do awfully well with mm-hmm. the these both the her and the next blacklist they're they're they've got good bone good substance i think they're gonna make a make a couple really good cows mm-hmm. the lot 11 she's a lady yeah so the the lot 11 cow a heifer she's a a blacklist out of a hot lotto lady that we actually we own with Paige Burke from Missouri, and uh, she goes back to an O'Reilly Factor cow. But then down below that, the old Top Line Lady, ninety-one eleven, mm-hmm. which was owned by Morgan Kramer, she was reserve grand at Denver. Mm-hmm. I forgot what year, but a few years back. Mm-hmm. Anyway. She was a Bismarck daughter that I believe she was out of a full sister to Hot Rod. Mm-hmm. So the whole lady family that's that's where Hot that's that's where Hot Rod comes from. Okay. So Hot the lady family has had quite an influence on the Angus breed. Just you know, Hot Rod was the sire of style. Right. I think everybody's heard of Silvera's style. Right. And. Uh, the old lady cow, the very first cow that Paul Hill bought at Champion Hill was R&J Lady 1465. Oh wow! And you know the, to you know the way that they, these cattle breed, they're not quite as big as what she was. Mm-hmm. She might not have weighed 2,500 pounds, but she'd have probably weighed 2485. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. But um, the these ladies, they're just there's, they add stoutness, a mm-hmm. uh, lot of substance. That heifer, lot eleven, she's the biggest bone, stoutest boned, you know, heifer in, in the whole offering that mm-hmm. we're selling. Mm-hmm. She's got a lot of really good things to offer, and I think, and that's you know, I we're pretty big fans of the the lady cows here at Diamond Team. That's why we've got a. Uh, several of those ladies right that are putting an influence in our herd and i think that 
we'll be having some more 7127 cattle coming down the pipeline. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited about some of the half-sisters that are going to be coming out of that one. And I think Diamond T's going to have some pretty darn good good ones there in the future. That's good. That's exciting. Exciting. Yeah. Makes you, makes you want to keep pushing and, and keep going. Well, I think that's what you got to do. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. You got to keep doing that. Keep on keeping on. Right. Yep. And pay attention to those cow families. Right. Because cows are what gets it. That's right. Right. That's right. That's what makes the the good bulls great. Yeah. Yeah. John, anything else we need to know about this sale or the cattle in this sale here uh, on Angus Live December 7th? Well, besides that, we would love... For uh, we always we always welcome and love visitors, and we'd love a phone call if any questions. Please don't hesitate to give me a shout, mm-hmm. and uh, I need to say the number. Oh, you can if you want. Okay, seven four zero six four five seven nine four seven. Give me a call, and we'd love to talk cattle with you. Right. Or come and see us sometime. I know it's it's a great opportunity to get that early Christmas shopping out of the way. Right. If you don't like if you don't like Black Friday and you're not really into Cyber Monday, just <laughs> hold off to December seventh and we can find something to overfill your stocking. Right. And you can you can do <laughs> it all thing, cyber, right? <laughs> yeah, it's all cyber. It's just not exactly on Cyber Monday. Right. Well, it's on Cy- we'll just call it Cyber Monday, December 7th. There you go. Um, one of the things that we want to add, I would like to add in as well, is there any lot that brings over $3,500, we are providing nationwide free shipping. Mm-hmm. We have did that in the last, the last couple of sales and just wanted to go ahead and reiterate for uh, – each each purchase over thirty five hundred dollars, you get free shipping. Great, that's a yeah. great service. Yeah, really good service, and uh, I'm sure I'm sure with uh, some of the some of the rates, that's uh, that's that's really something to consider and look at. I think that yeah, if if anybody's had any cattle shipped across the country or uh, even from a few states away mm-hmm. here recently, you know, that's a, that's a little bit, that, that's a pretty good benefit, I believe. Right. Right. And savings right there. So. Agree. Get her dropped off at your doorstep. Sounds great. Sounds um, great. Maybe we get Santa Claus to deliver them <laughs> like on Christmas Eve. <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna have him stop in there and, and throw him in the, Throw them in the sled. Yep. That's what we'll do. That's what we'll do. We'll have a special place for Rudolph and all the reindeer to land right behind the grain bin. (laughs) Oh, boy. Got a a good flat spot for them right there. Well, that sounds great. (laughs) Yeah. I think this thing just went off the rail there, John. Yeah, probably so. (laughs) No, I... I enjoyed it so much. I've uh, been looking forward to this one since we did the one in the spring, and 
just uh, just enjoy taking the time to talk to you and, and hearing about these great heifers. And, and I'm sure we'll be watching and uh, hope everybody else watches again there on December 7th on Angus Live. Uh, just, yeah. Uh, just just uh, excited for you. We'll get you some videos as soon as we get these things. Uh, get a good good sunny day mm-hmm. that we can get 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 a video to you. Right. Right. And and these guys, if they if mm-hmm. they like the videos on Angus Live, you can also get them some more videos if they want some more info. Uh, you can do some of that. Most definitely. What we'll what we'll do is uh, you'll be able to go to. Angus Live, view all the, view their pictures, view their videos, and then if somebody wants another cell phone video or Mm -hmm. anything like that, just contact me, and I can, I can get a quick cell phone video for you, and visit with you, and describe that heifer, and you can get another get all kinds of opportunities to, to look at whatever one you want to. We'd be more than happy to help you. We'd love the phone calls or the texts and the conversation. Right. Right. Well, that's great. Yeah. Doing a good job, John. And, hey, thanks. Uh, and uh, I know, I know I appreciated the other two sales and, and uh, sure ready to watch this one. Oh yeah. So. It's always exciting to get good cattle out into good homes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. That's what it's all about. Well, again, we want to thank our guest, John Davis of Diamond T Land and Cattle in Bidwell, Ohio. And again, their sale on Angus Live on December 7th. And uh, John, want to wish you luck with that. And uh, really want to uh, thank you for uh, joining me here on this edition of Before the Bid Podcast. Uh, Thank you very much, Andy. It was a pleasure again. Thank Uh, you. All right. Appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Before the Bid. For more information and to learn more about upcoming podcasts and sales, visit us at beforethebid.podbeam.com or Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram pages. For information on being a guest on Before the Bid, please email us at beforethebid at gmail.com or one of our social media pages. Remember, that's beforethebid at gmail.com. Happy sales to you, and we will talk to you next time on Before the Bid.